always play those characters. It's great. They they always give me like the the like badass females or like the weirdos that they're just like we don't even understand how to direct this character. Welcome and thank you for listening to Almost Almost Famous, the podcast where actors, various comedians talk about the ups and downs, ebbs and flows we're working towards making this crazy biz and how they're almost almost famous. I'm your host, Daniel Acker. Fun fact about today's guest, she used to be allergic to all animals, but her two kitties, Rocky Top and Loretta Lynn, literally healed her allergies. Her credits include Mortal Kombat, Fire Emblem, Star Wars, Monster High, One Punch Man, God of War, and more. It is the incredibly talented and kind Sarah Cravens. Yay! Hey. Hi! Wow. I mean, just an amazing fun fact. Uh, she was very allergic, did not want to be around animals, that all of a sudden she got these two kittens and was like, yeah, I guess I'm cured now. Which, you know, makes me wonder, did she just not really like animals? <laughs> I did. I did. I didn't like, well, so here's the thing. Fair. I did not. I did not like animals because I felt terrible because I was allergic. But mm -hmm. then uh, I was miserable for about the first month and a half I had Rocky and Loretta. And then uh, I had made an appointment with uh, uh, an allergy doctor. And, um, but it was so busy, I couldn't get in for two months. So then by the time I went in there, she was like, um, I think like just the exposure healed you. So they did like the, the prick test on my arm and everything and like was not allergic to animals anymore. And now I can be around anyone's animal and be fine. It's Amazing. awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, but with those credits, my gosh, she's been busy. I guess what started you into like acting and performing and ultimately really crushing it in voiceover? Were you always a performer as a kid? Was this like later in life? Uh, so I grew up as a baller. I was a big basketballer. Um, and uh, then in high school, my, my senior year, between my junior and senior year, uh, I was like, oh, all the good play, and I was really good. Um, but then in high school, I was like, oh, all the really good players got tall and I stayed the same height. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I don't really see a future in this. And so I quit, um, I, I quit the high school basketball team um, my senior year, uh, and which was insane. So I like didn't, play my senior year and I went and um uh I tried out for the musical uh and then I was the the like stepmother in Cinderella and I was like oh man it's fun being mean and making people laugh this is great <laughs> um so yeah it was just my failed basketball career uh totally pushed me into performing and uh I don't know out out here I I don't know what I, I just started doing, I mean, I was lucky. I had, I, I got an agent really early uh, on for voiceover. And, uh, and then I was like, this is awesome. Um, and then I just started working and I was like, oh, working in voiceover is way better than not working on camera. So, so I, I switched over and it was the best decision of my life. It's the greatest job in the world. I wonder if there's anyone who is like a really solid actor as a kid, but then they got tall. And they're like, I guess I have to play basketball. I, yeah, and, and you do. I mean, that's what you do. You yeah. have to play basketball now and your, your, your acting career is just, you know, 
What, you're gonna you're gonna tower over people and scenes. It's just not gonna work. The, for the camera's gonna have to be all off. Yep. You got it. You guys switch. You you have to play basketball if you're tall. You <laughs> have to do performing arts if you're short. It, it, yeah. Yes, it's the rules. Yep, we didn't write them. Yeah, in voiceover, you've been doing video games, animated, commercial. Is there kind of one of those avenues you just like gravitate more towards, or you just feel like, ah, oh, this is really like where I, you know, my wheelhouse, where I sit comfortably, or you kind of like love them all? I love them all. That is what I love about voiceover so much is that there's so many different areas that like I, I stay happy and engaged all the time. It's not like I'm doing the same, the same thing over and over. So I may have like this really fun video game session. And then after that, do a promo session for like, the network that I do all their promos like so it's great it, it's very fulfilling and does not allow me to get like bored and in a rut because um every project is completely different so no I don't I don't think there's one I like more than the other I mean I'll say like from the standpoint of like the least amount of work for the most amount of money commercials are awesome because like yeah, you know, I, I'm com commercials are, th are the best paying anything, but like for voiceover, you're not like I work for 10 minutes, you know, like the people that are on camera in the commercial, they could be there, you know, 26 hours, whatever. And I, I work for 10 minutes and they're like, okay, that's great. We got it. And you get paid the same. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I like them all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember the days when you first got probably like the really big, the auto nation gig. There was the voice of AutoNation for a while. And yeah, I remember I like, am. you still am? Okay, I wasn't sure. Okay, yeah, she's still the voice of AutoNation, which is one of those companies where like, until you like book that thing, I was like, I think I've heard of them. And now pretty much every car, I see the license plate <laughs> around it, the yeah, little plate cover. Drive pink. Yeah, so the drive pink. That campaign is when they brought me on. They had a male voice forever and ever and ever. And then they were doing, they were switching their philanthropy to, um, uh, breast cancer awareness and so they wanted to get a female voice for like the drive pink uh, month breast cancer awareness month and then they kept me on and now and so it was about three years that I did it solid like every month and then now there's there's me and uh, a male voiceover and and we kind of switch off based on um, like what the the campaign is that month but yeah that's insane yeah that was uh, how many years now um I my to to this day my uh my my internet is like the you know like you name your your wi-fi uh it's to this day still thanks AutoNation for everything <laughs> right yeah I mean it might be going on seven years now it might be it been crazy they're the best they're I I love them it's it's my goal in like uh when people like ask me about voiceover and they want to coach on something I am like can I make everyone fall in love with commercials because it is like people are like oh I don't know they're not fun they're they're blah 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 blah, blah. and I'm like yeah they are they they should be you should love them but yeah I had no I had no idea when I booked that how how big of a literally life-changing job it would be. Mm -hmm. This career, I've been asking people, there's so many ups and downs and so many like lulls and moments. As <laughs> no, are you kidding? I it's, never had a down. It's not, it's up. Yeah, you just kind of like, you plateaued at the top and you just- <laughs> I just started at the top and that's how it is. <laughs> just stayed there. 
but how have you found or how do you handle the lulls and the highs? Because I think both have their own importance. Yes. I'm really proud that now, and I can't say this for my entire career, I treat them both the same. I kind of exist on like this, the same plane all the time, like, like really, really awesome things. Like, I'm just like, okay, cool. And, and like this really awesome thing that I don't book, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I just have a very middle ground, like attitude about everything now that I don't get too, too elated for great jobs. And I, and I don't beat myself up at all for not booking things. Cause I just like, I, I understand that's what the, the business is. You know, if I could tell anything to like twenties. <laughs> Sarah, I would just be like, don't let everything hit you so hard because it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And it literally has nothing to do with you. I mean, that's the healthy place you want to ultimately get yeah. to where it's just like, of course, you know, I think some listeners might be thinking like, you're not in a middle ground where you have zero emotion or feeling or thought right. about it. Yeah. And I also like, this is my job now. I think like when you're starting out, you're like hustling so hard to like try and do it and try and make it. And now I have so much more peace about it because I'm like, this is just my job. This is what I do. And so the misses don't hit me as hard because I'm like, there'll be another one tomorrow. You know, I, yeah. I just, I know that I will work. And so I don't really stress out when I'm not working. Yes, that is the comfortable place where you go, I've worked before, therefore I will work again, something will come along, that'll be right for me, and I'll be right for it, and great. Um, yeah, it's when, it's, it's those early, early days when you're like, it, can I make this work? Is this going to yeah. be a career and a Every job? Every job is just like, can I do this? And yeah. everything is like, all of your, oh, that's the other thing, like, like wrapping your like self-worth up in work is just horrible. It's, it's not, it has nothing. And, and that's the other big change. Like I, my work and my projects have zero to do with who I am as a person and my worth as a human being. It's just like my job. Uh, and so I feel like the sooner, and believe me, I wish I had, had, existed in this way sooner but like this the sooner like actors can exist in a way that like this is just my job and like everything else I do and how, how I show up for my friends and family and people that I love and and the way I exist in the world is what that's who I am and that's that's my worth and I I'm a worthwhile human being whether I book anything this year or not Totally. You're saying like some things you wish you kind of knew when you're younger. Now, 10 years from now, what advice <laughs> would 10 years in the future, Sarah, give you? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I'm, I, I feel real chill. I'm very, very happy and, and content. And so I, I just hope I'm doing more of that. Like I, I, I have really great work boundaries and I love what I do and I'm appreciative um, so yeah, I don't know. 10, 10 years from now, I, I hope I'm like, yeah, she, she had it. She finally figured out and she just kept like enjoying her life. Do you have moments in your career where you feel like you quote unquote, like made it, like you've hit personal milestones? There was a point last year that I had like a moment where I was like, 
oh man, like I, I never, if, if younger me starting out, like couldn't fathom this happening, but like, so, so my, um, my mom got sick last year. Um, and I spent, uh, the majority of the year, like, uh, just becoming a nurse and learning everything that I could about kidneys and, uh, saving her life. And she's awesome. She's in great shape now. Um, but there was a, a point when that happened and I was working on several projects at the time and I was, I, I needed to be with her and I knew it was going to mess up the schedule of these projects. And so I was like fully like got in touch with my agents and, and just was like, listen, I, I get it. I, like if they all need to replace me, like I, I can, I'm willing to be replaced because this is just, this is just more important to me. Um, and there'll be jobs again and, and it's fine. And every single project that I was working on. And like, I, I'm, I'm, I promise you, like, I did not expect this. I really thought that it was going to be like, okay, great. We'll, we're going to replace you on that, but we'll get you on the next one. Like, it's totally mm -hmm. fine. Um, every single project either waited or rearranged their schedule to accommodate me, mm. to keep me in it. Yeah. And I remember having a moment being like, I don't think I ever dreamed I could be at a point in my career where Sony would rearrange their schedule for me. Like I, I just, you know, so that was a really beautiful thing that like me, me doing what I knew I should and like being willing to, to lose a job or be replaced or whatever, and then have these major studios come back and be like absolutely not we're not we're not losing her so what do we need to do what what are we when can she come in we'll we'll wait for her until or we'll rearrange and just do it based on her schedule and i was like oh man i didn't even i i think that wasn't a thing i never even considered could happen and i really took a moment to be really proud of being in that place that like I was so valued yeah I mean that's another sign of like it's one thing on your end to be like okay I know what's bigger what's more important and that's you know taking care of you know your mom and family and realizing I might lose these jobs but more than just them keeping you on because clearly you're insanely talented and really good at it it shows more of you're a good person you know like you're a person that they want to work with which I like always try to tell people like, you know, hone your craft, be good. But if you're an asshole, yeah. <laughs> just, just don't do it. Like, you know, like if just first work on being a decent, good human being. So then over time people will be like, yeah, of course we're going to help this person out. We want to be with this person. So like, yeah. that's a really strong testament to who you are, not just as a talented, you know, performer, but just as a wonderful human being that like of course that of course it's no surprise to me that they would want to rearrange stuff and keep you on because it was awesome was, it was yeah. so it, it was very heartwarming what do you think it is about voiceover and yourself your personality or even your voice or anything that makes it you have such kind of longevity and success in it like where where do you fall <laughs> you can, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know i don't know you know i I think, and this goes across like all realms of acting. Um, I just, I think that I was never 
uh, it never occurred to me to not be authentic. And so I, I think just because I'm very, like, I'm just who I am that like that stands out and that cuts through and they're like, you know, they, they know that like, oh, we're going to get like, it doesn't matter what this, uh, character or this like spec asks for like we're gonna get Craven's version of it you know um I, I so I think overall it's just like an authenticity of of like I I really look at things and think about like well how how would I say that like I don't I don't really think about like how they're asking me to say it it's more like how would I do this and so I, I think that's like probably most of the like solid longevity and then and then just like you know natural stuff that like you can't control i just uh i, I have a deep voice and that works for video games because i can <laughs> yell commands and like not like my my voice not be up here because i'm yelling because i when i yell it's still pretty you know it, it's not it's not this like um crazy high pitch because everybody's pitch goes up when they yell um so i think that just is like a you know, the Lord's journey for me, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure with a lot of video games, they're very happy to have like a very like strong gravitas female commander voice. Like I think yeah. a lot of video games will be people like, you know, like, you know, like a female general who's like a badass. It's like, oh, get Cravens. Like that's it's the all, voice. Yeah, like that's, that's all. I always play those characters. It's great. They, they always give me like the the like badass females are like the weirdos that they're just like we don't even understand how to direct this character there's one and this this and i oh i love this this uh franchise but there's what it, it's it is not out yet but i i uh i love it because they they brought me in and we're just like we're not gonna tell you anything about this we're just gonna like kind of describe like what they are and then just you just start talking uh and that and so yeah it's like i i get to i love the weirdos um uh because they you know there's no there's no template for them um you just get to like go off uh yeah. so yeah those are my favorite that's so fun have you given yourself a definition of success i think for me uh, success is loving what you do and being content with where you are. Um, I think like actors in general, um, and maybe some other like creative types, there's always this like never ending like mountain that you're climbing. Um, and, and so even when you like reach some height that you never anticipated that you're like, okay, well, where, where's the next one? Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't feel like that. There's still things that like I would like to do, but I, I don't feel like that anymore. I feel very much like just grateful for the work that I get to do and so happy with it. So I'm like, if it just continues like this or whatever, or I got to have this experience and I, you know, that's awesome because I love what I do so much. And yeah, so I think it's like loving what you do so much that like you don't need more. You're just like good with it. And also being at a place that more than you care about booking roles for yourself, you care about like helping others and making the path easier for people that come after you. Like, I, I love that. I, I love telling people about voiceover and like, this is, these are all the things I wish I knew when I was starting, like, go do, don't, 
you know, don't waste so many years, like not knowing this stuff that's going to be really helpful to you. Uh, Cause I, I, you know, at this point have been doing it for 17 years. And so like, I, like I did, I put all that work in so I can just like <laughs> vomit out the secrets to you. But I, yeah, like I love, I get so, I, I almost really not almost I I get more excited now like I, I love when I work and book things that's great I get so excited now when someone that like I've coached on something books it or like gets into this project because I helped them on it that I'm like yes this is awesome this is so great because like there's enough to go around and like I I don't I don't feel like I'm in competition with people anymore that's another thing with success I feel like when you're when you're so grounded in like what you do and what you bring to the table that I just don't, I, I don't genuinely feel in competition with people that I'm like, if it's my job, ain't nobody can, can give a take that's going to take it away from me. Like if it's my job, it's my job. And it, alternately, if it's someone else's, there's nothing that I can do that, that takes it away from them. So I, I love celebrating other people's successes because I, it doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, yeah. you know. Also, yeah, as you keep going in this career and business, you realize like the joy kind of comes from being of service. So uh, like, it's the, the best. The yeah. project, if you're right for it, and if you're not helping anyone and all other people like succeed is such a wonderful feeling. Yeah, being a good person, man. That's what all of this is about. Mm -hmm. Quit being catty and and competitive and and rude. Yeah, like I feel like you go that route. You might book a thing. Yeah, they're not bringing you back. Uh huh. You know, like you want if you want repeat business, you gotta be pleasant. Yeah, yeah. There's so many companies I work I've worked with now that would like that totally just bring, bring me back because they like working with me. Um, and I like working with them. So it works. <laughs> yeah. Where's your head at when it comes to the ideas of being rich and famous? <laughs> <laughs> I'm already rich. What are you talking about? There we um, go. Yeah. I mean, I do, I, I don't, I don't do poorly, uh, <laughs> financially. Um, no, I, 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 I'm very, very fortunate to make a great living doing literally what I love. Uh, famous, that's, that's another thing. Uh, I, uh, no, uh, I don't. That, there, there's so many like gross aspects of that. I, I mean, it's easy for me to say gross aspects. I'm not famous, you know? Um, I, I think that's like a cool byproduct of, of voiceover. There are definitely like voiceover people that are famous. Uh, I am not one of them. Um, but But I think for me, like, I love why I, and this isn't why I got into it. I mean, I kind of just fell into it, but like what I love, this beautiful byproduct of being in voiceover is that like, man, you get to make a really great living and like nobody, nobody recognizes your face. Like you get to exist in a normal way where, whereas people that, that are recognizable, I, I, I would assume gets really taxing to to have to you know th that every time you you go out to do something normal like there there's always this like you know factor of like people recognizing you and and wanting something from you or feeling like they know you because of whatever and uh so I love like voice actors um 
you know, and, and there are really famous ones too, but, but I, I, what I love about voice acting in general is like, generally you get to make a really good living and no one knows who you are. And so there's this awesome anonymity, um, along with, uh, just a great job. Yeah. I know like somebody in friends do voiceover, like that's one of the things they love. It's like, I just kind of blend it. Like, it's like, no one has to know if you don't want them to know. I'm sure like people hear me all the time on things and have no idea that it's me. And like, that's cool. That's really, so you're, you're all, like, you exist in this place of where people are like, is she okay? Does she, yeah. is she fine like that? You know, <laughs> is she okay? Like work-wise, work, like, yeah, yeah. Work it and, you know, um, and that's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's, that's my business. <laughs> I, I feel like last year I was, you know, like, I was watching some anime show and I was like, why is this person sound? Oh my gosh, that's Sarah. <laughs> like, I was like, I know your voice pretty well. And I was just like, wow, I, bravo. Like, it what was, was it? Do you uh, erased. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Oh, that's that is I, I I think I can say like you you don't you don't really have favorites like for whatever, but she, that mom in a race, it's like maybe the, the favorite anime character I've ever played. She's yeah. The best mom in the world. And like it's this great mystery. Mm-hmm. Um yes. And and yeah, 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 you would definitely be like, oh yeah, that's Sarah. <laughs> Uh, this is another cool thing about how they recorded a race. Not that you asked this, but but since you watched it, yeah. it's a mystery that that unfolds. So they actually had us. They they had us not watch it um, beforehand. So we we recorded the the episodes in order, um, and so when the reveals would happen in the episode, like they really were reveals to us like I I didn't I didn't know I didn't know the answer to the mystery like until everyone else so it was really interesting because you 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 genuinely got to play these characters like not knowing um because we didn't it was a great experience and then like everyone else on the cast was so cool too because they were like we did this like viewing uh after after it and um they were all like, hey, just so you know, uh, yeah, this is your first one. They're not all this awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, we like, anime's crazy, and there's, uh, anime's amazing. I, I mean, there's some of the best storytelling, but they're like, yeah, some of them are insane, and they're just insane, and that's it. And so they were like, you, you came on on a really, really awesome one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, we'll talk about like keeping things authentic for them to be like, don't know the mystery. So when you actually, you know, start to read it and realize that we can get, we can get these takes of you, like as a human being, like say what? Yes. And so, so this, I mean, whatever, if anyone's going to go watch the show, which they should, because it's amazing. Um, This doesn't ruin anything because you find out in the first episode, but like, I didn't know the whole mystery was about my murder. <laughs> like, I literally were going in, recording the first episode, and I'm like, what? She gets killed, like, immediately. And and then it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're still in every episode because we're finding out, like, who who did. And I was like, oh, very cool. Like, the whole show is about, like, figuring out who murdered me. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that was a, that was a shocker. I bet. Um, Being a shocker, this is the part in the podcast where I bring out the 
insult roast comic Raz Clifford. Fantastic. Yep, he's gonna come out. He's gonna take. He likes to take the guests down a peg before they feel too big. Great. So let's, great. Bring, let's bring out Raz. Okay, come on out, Raz. Uh, here we go. Finally, some real talent on the podcast. <laughs> oh wait, it's just Sarah Cravens. Okay, Daniel, I thought you said we were going to get horror movie legend Wes Craven, which would have been impressive because he's been dead for seven years. Oh, well, talking with Sarah would be just as scary and pure death. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, honestly, Sarah is divine. Hold on. That's, wait a minute. That's not right. I'm sorry. There was a smudge on my notes. Sarah's a diva. That makes yep. more sense. There we go. So much. <laughs> She is an accomplished voiceover actress, which comes as no surprise because anyone that knows her knows she doesn't shut up. <laughs> Fair. Might as well make money off that muzzle. <laughs> Sarah has a very fun nickname in the voiceover community. They call her, ugh, I guess she'll do. <laughs> now, again, I'm looking over my notes. You're from Tennessee. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. And you often say how much you love when people do generic Southern accents because, and I'm quoting you, Everyone from the South sounds the same, and they're all dumb. Absolutely. That's pretty harsh, Sarah. Yep. yep. Uh, those are your words, not mine. I think the accents are nuanced, but, you know, hey, you're the professional. I so, love them. <laughs> howdy, y'all. That was the Raz to this supreme idiot. Bye. If you ever see me around, Sarah, do not talk to me. I don't want to converse for hours. <laughs> Bye, Raz. Oh, my God. Oh, man, he nailed my love of the Southern accent in anything. Yes. So, so it's just so generic, and people do it so well. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that was something I, I remember always, like, mentally holding on to from knowing you, of being like, if I'm about to do a Southern accent, really give it some thought. Yeah. If I, if I can't give it some thought, I can't actually know where it's from, don't do it no like, don't it was just do it it's just like it's such an easy thing of like everyone thinks they can do it. it's like no 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 you're not actually doing an accent you're no, just you doing just a wacky add, voice right you don't just add syllables to words they're anyway. yeah. yeah clearly uh you're doing what you love and you're succeeding at it and it's wonderful but if you weren't doing voiceover and acting what do you think would be your area of interest just uh, have a bunch of uh, kittens and be buried in, in kittens all the time. Um, mm. uh, yeah. The lucrative career of cat burial. Yeah, just, 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 just have cats uh, on me all the time. Uh, a cat couch. Um, no, <laughs> I, I would genuinely love that. Um, I, uh, you know, I really, I, I, I love, um, like coaching people for, for voiceover stuff and, and like directing their auditions and whatever. So, so I, I can, I, I could see a world where I transition into, to directing, like, like doing like a kid's show or something um, that actually had kids in it. There's um, shocking that uh, there's so many of the directors that don't like working with kids, um, but I love it. And so like that, that would be really fun and fulfilling to me. Um, so yeah, maybe that, I, I don't know if that, that applies because it's still like in entertainment, but, um, but if it wasn't, if it, if it wasn't that, if it was not in entertainment at all, maybe being like a, like a medical advocate for people, like, like to, uh, you know, speak up for people that, that don't, um, 
know that they can or don't have like the words to speak up in that moment. Um, I, I just think they're so, um, whatever, from, from my experience of, um, you know, dealing with my mom's illness, uh, there was, there was so much that got fixed because I, I wouldn't shut up about it. And I asked questions and I was like, why are you doing this? And what you didn't listen to her on this, this is the issue that she's having. This is, you know, and, and so much of our, I, I could do, you know, days on how messed up our uh, medical system in America is. Um, but I think that like we treat charts, doctors treat charts and not people. And that is not the way to do it because not everybody is the same. So um, I, I actually loved that of like being uh, like being an advocate for my mom and getting her like the care that she needed and literally saved her life. Um, and it just infuriated me after that experience of like, like, what if, like, not everyone has like a loudmouth daughter who won't, who, who, who won't be like, I'm sorry, that doesn't make sense to me. Why are you doing this? Why are you asking her to do this? Like, this is, you know, and, and it just broke my heart that like, if you don't have like a little, like fire engine like me that is fighting you on this then like you know their their parents are just sick that they just stay sick um and that and yeah that's what happens and so anyway i i i would enjoy that because i i i think people deserve to be spoken up for and that makes sense to me of like i make my living uh using my voice now and I could I could turn that into using my voice for other people. Well, I mean, I think that does make perfect sense for you to be for you to be an advocate is just such a perfect fit. Okay, inevitably, because the trajectory you're on, I could see it clear as day. When you are a guest on a late night talk show, <laughs> what is a story you'd love to tell? Any story from your life that always just like you're like, yep, that's the one I would. Uh, that's hard for me. I feel like now, I mean, everything, whatever. This is like supposed to be funny I'm I'm not like in I don't know that I'm in like the funniest stage of my life I I feel like if it was right now like if I was on there what right now I would literally be like my mom got sick and was told that she was gonna die and I was like nope uh and then basically became a nurse and studied and 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 saved her life like because I I feel like that conversation is so important um but uh that's com that's a conversation that's so important that I want to have. But if it was like, oh, okay, if I, I ran that by them and they're like, that's a little too heavy. Um, that's not. You, know, time. you, you get two stories. You get so two, you get yeah, the yeah. one. So I, I get the one. Yeah, that's the one. That, that's like, what I'm literally most proud of in my life. Most proud of in my life is that I fought for this woman that I loved so much. And, 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 and she's, in phenomenal shape now because that's great I to hear. wouldn't um I, I I wasn't okay with the the diagnosis and um uh, but okay like a like a I mean what I think one of the best like <laughs> the best worst like oh my goodness you little southern kids um I, I yeah I, one of the one of the best embarrassing but like 
just great moments is like there's a there's a video of my brother and I reenacting like the like dirty dirty dancing like we <laughs> like the the like love is strange the like crawling on the floor um that whole uh part of the movie with that music and um uh, yeah, like we did that. I, I, I mean, I, Dirty Dancing was always my favorite movie growing up, but like, I don't remember shooting a video uh, with my brother, like that we are just like Johnny and baby. And it is, it's so, it's so cringe to watch. Like, yeah. it's funny, but it is so. Let's get, well, <laughs> let's get some context. How old are you? Cause like this, oh, I know. yes, that changes it. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, we were like, I want to say I was like four or five. So my brother was like six or seven. Um, so, but yeah, it's just, that's, that's great. So like that, like, like, oh, I, I did a dirty dancing video with my brother and then just getting to show it. Um, and then, and you can see like my grandma's just sitting in the back, just watching. There's my grandma and my aunt are on the video too. Just like, look at them, look at them dancing. That's just normal. that wholesome, dirty dancing. Yes. I, I think I've seen the video. Isn't there a part where either your grandma or one of your aunts is like, uh, start crawling to each other? Yes. Like they know the movie. So they're like, yes. this is when they crawl, crawl to each toward other. Him. Yes. So they're like direct, they're, they're, they're not just like okay with it. They're encouraging it. Um, yeah. Yes. It's just beautiful. It, it's just beautiful. Like, okay, that's Southern Christian folk. Just real. <laughs> Real Southern Christian. Just reenact some dirty dancing. Uh, yeah, so I was a big fan of the movie to where, what birthday was it that you went yeah. to the place? My fifth birthday, I was taken or, to Lake Lure, South Carolina. And uh, like, there's little tiny me like dancing up the bridge and um, like uh, dancing up the stairs and on the bridge and whatever, like, yeah. But we did because I, I I am from a Southern Christian family. Um, I always like I did not know there was an abortion in the movie. Um, I didn't in any of like the the like really like like overtly sexual scenes. Like I I remember like I'd have to turn around. I'd have to like face the the like back wall I couldn't watch it but I just I really liked the music and I really liked the dancing and so I was like oh I didn't know anyone had sex or anyone had an abortion um you're like it's my favorite movie and I don't know anything about it no I didn't know any of it uh but it well yes um there are pictures of little sweaty curly haired me dancing all over that as a tiny little kid all the all the various like poses on the bridge yes oh it's so so good oh my gosh well this was so good thank you sarah for hopping on and and chatting with me on this podcast really appreciate it you're welcome i know you've got she's got so much stuff coming down the pipeline just keep your ears peeled eyes peeled you're gonna hear and see her busy crushing it there's some fun stuff there's some there there's some really uh there, there's a couple things that we've been working on for a few years that should come out. Um, oh, well, I am so excited. And again, thank you so much for, for hopping on. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me and uh, okay. letting me talk about the serious uh, <laughs> healthcare industry. Sarah, come on this podcast and like, <laughs> tell fun stories about entertainment. And I'm like, no, I want to advocate against yeah. the medical 
I'll have America. A, I'll have a little disclaimer at the top, like in a very special episode of Almost Almost. Yes, Famous. please. Um, I want I want like really like sad music playing, mm-hmm. but then change it sure. hopeful because like you can you you can exactly. fight against the bad guys. Exactly. Thank you, listeners, for listening. I've been your host, Daniel Acker, and this has been Almost Almost Famous. Thank <laughs> you.